It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt, on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, Apple Podcasts, and TalkLawRadio.com. You can interact with me through Twitter at TalkLawRadio1 or Facebook Live. Marquardt Law Firm is sponsoring our show today, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans, new businesses, and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, FLPs, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in courtroom litigation trials. Uh, We have other attorneys, uh, Daniel Palmer and Alex Vollmer. Uh, They and the rest of our staff uh, help clients solve problems. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, And because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information in this program should be relied upon only when coordinated with professional individual advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help Alan Warren and me give good information to the listeners about RV living. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided For the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Today's show is about RV living. That's recreational vehicles, also known as motorhomes, or also known as temporary living quarters. Our guest, Alan Warren, is host of the RV Show USA, the number one RV show in the United States. There's going to be uh, four segments to our show today. Uh, The first segment is going to be talking about uh, Mr. Warren, and then we're going to talk about what the RV industry is like right now, Uh, tips for buying an RV, maintaining an RV, driving an RV safely, and legal landmines you want to avoid. Our guest, Alan Warren, host of America's number one RV syndicated show, 
is about the latest innovations in RVing from industry experts along with tips and advice from actual RVers that will help everyone from the beginning RVer to the full-time nomad. Mr. Warren, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for my Talk Law Radio <laughs> coffee cup. You're welcome. Coffee tastes even better at Talk Law Radio coffee That's cup. That's right. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in this? Well, um, first off, thanks for having me on the show very much. And, and what you do, I think, is so important, Todd, it, is uh, – in my view, it's kind of like going to the dentist. Nobody really wants to go to the dentist, <laughs> right. but they need to go to the dentist, and, and people need your services. And it's, uh, I think, all too often they go, you know, when they have a cavity, they go when they have a problem. Right. It's a whole lot better to be proactive than reactive. So anyway, that's just, I'm just saying, I think you do a really great Thank job. Thank you. My background, I'm a native Texan. Uh, I grew up in the Dallas area. Family is from San Antonio. I have uh, always been an outdoorsy kind of a guy. My family fished and hunted and camped and, and did that kind of thing. And uh, so growing up, I was kind of a re- restless soul. I just I, I uh, was pretty good at most things, but not great at anything. But I wanted to be in the out of doors. I started a TV fishing show back in the 80s, 1983, a long time ago, called Fishing Texas. Um, and I didn't know anything about it. All I knew how to do was catch these fish. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about TV and production and syndication, and uh, I didn't know any of that stuff. I just knew how to catch a fish. But I learned very quickly about you know the the business of broadcasting and the business of it wasn't about catching fish; it's about catching viewers and mm-hmm. and and being able to communicate effectively and work for sponsors and uh, you know it's a whole lot more than just catching a fish. Well, I started the show called Fishing Texas in '83. In uh, around 89, sold that show. And by that time, I was doing a, uh, a, a lot of work for the Lone Star Brewing Company here in San Antonio. And so sold the show, and, and uh, I thought, what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in this business. I wonder if the name Lone Star Sportsman is available. It's kind of a legal mm-hmm, little story. Right. And so because when I was a boy, my mentor, and he was dead, was a guy named uh, Jim Thomas. The Lone Star Sportsman, great big old guy and a uh, booming voice. And he, he was the guy that was the, the general on I Dream of Genie, the old oh, TV really? show. Part-time part. But uh, anyway, you know, he was like John Wayne for me. He was my hero. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to grow up and be like him. But I, then I worked for the Lone Star Brewing Company promoting their, their products and so forth. I wonder if the name Lone Star Sportsman is available. So I contacted a, a, an attorney, and he said uh, – he checked it out and he said, uh, "No." He said, "He said, uh, uh, I haven't told this story in so long. I'm making me have to try to remember." He said, uh, "No, nobody is. Uh, nobody's using the name. Uh, that's a lie. That's not true." And see, this is what happens when you get old, man. <laughs> so, so I. What happened was I said I'm going to be the Lone Star Sportsman. Mm-hmm. Jim Thomas is dead. And people my age and older would hopefully remember. I can't even remember my story sometime. And um, I checked with the lawyer. The lawyer says, a funny thing, Alan. He says, uh, I checked, and the name is available, Lone Star Sportsman Incorporated. It is available. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's was. it been available for three days. It was abandoned. Oh, wow. 
And I you said, got well, lucky. That's, that, that's like my God story. <laughs> right. You know, one of my God stories. And so I said, well, that is my sign. I'll be the Lone Star Sportsman. People would love that. It's a great name. Mm-hmm. The brewery would love it. But, but Texas, and I love that. So um, I started doing the Lone Star Sportsman. People are, hey, I remember that show, my dad, blah, blah, blah. And about six weeks into the show, I get a voicemail message. Alan, this is Jim Thomas calling from my residence in Dallas. I'm like, oh, my God. Not good. <laughs> not dead, not happy. And how do you call your boyhood hero and tell him everybody thinks you're dead? But they did. Uh-huh. And uh, I kind of missed a part. I went to one of my stations that was running my Fishing Texas show, told him I was changing my name to the Lone Star Sportsman. He says, we used to produce that show. What are you driving? Back it up. He threw my bunch of these two-inch quad old films. Mm-hmm. Of these all, all dead movie stars that would fish and hunt, go to Africa, and all kinds of cool stuff. I just put them in the back of my truck. I didn't even have a machine to play them. He goes, we want to get rid of them here at the station. So when Jim contacted me, I'm going to sue you. I'm like, I don't wow. have anything, man. I said, you know what? I have these two-inch quads. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I want them back. And I don't know why, but I said, I'm sorry, Jim, you can't have them. And he was so angry, and I said, because you've stolen my identity, you've I'm very much alive. Mm-hmm. Blah blah right. blah. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this is my hero. I don't want to make my hero <laughs> upset. But I told him, I said, you can't have him back. Are you trying to sell me my own property? I told him about the two inch quads. I said, no, sir. But I'll give them to you if you'll meet me because I'm not the enemy. I idolize you. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know you were still alive. It turned out his son was couple of years older than me and had passed away as a young man. Everybody thought that his son was him. Oh, I see. He owned a, a big company called Century Films. Century Films, uh, th- thousands of old films, fishing and hunting across the globe. And he said, Alan, one day we're going to work together. I fished with him for years and became very close with him. He was kind of a, a tough guy. And uh, Jim had said, one day we're going to work together. And he ended up dying. But I'd write letters to him through the years, told mm-hmm. him he was kind of a he was not a warm and fuzzy guy, but he was my hero. And I said, Jim, you know, I love you, and thank you for being a mentor to me. He, now he's dead. Two years after his death, his widow calls me up, and she said, Alan, she said, um, are you still interested in all Jimmy's things? I read your letters in the nightstand next to Jimmy's bed. Oh, wow. And I know what you meant to him, what he meant to you. So I own the world's largest collection of these old fishing and hunting films that date back to the 1950s. And it was one of those things that the planets aligned. You know, I was blessed to uh, to meet somebody that was my inspiration as a little right. boy because I watched him when I was growing up. Yeah, and you received a legacy. Yeah, I did. From him. I did. It, it, it was great, and that kind of that's sort of the platform to go. I guess we're going to take a break here in a minute, right? But, uh, and I'll tell you how I used that outdoor show to get into the RV business because I, I it's. It's my story. <laughs> right. Yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. That's a, an amazing introduction to what you're doing now. Um, before we uh, make that transition, um, I want to ask more about other things that you're interested in uh, besides working all the time, being on air. I just like to work. That's the, I like to create stuff and build stuff and, and – uh, I don't really have any hobbies other than the work. I love people. Uh, I love traveling. But we used to, my wife and I used to go on cruises all the time before the, the pandemic hit. Okay. But, uh, 
You know, I, I've got a little cabin up at our lake in central Texas, and I like to read, I like to create, I like to write. So, but besides the radio, you have a campground. I own a, an RV park, a, a okay. cabin, a big chief RV and cabin resort up on Lake Buchanan. In and Central what's Texas. that like? Uh, are they all RVs? No, it's a, we've got 10 cabins, and we're a medium-sized campground. We have 10 cabins and 72 RV sites, and it's a, I say it's not the biggest, it's not the best, but it's the best that we can do. I've got a great team of people, and we're working to make it better every single day, and most people kind of like it. So. If somebody was interested in learning more about your show, where would they find you on the web? Uh, we're kind of all over the place, kind of like uh, Dirty Laundry. Uh, VRVShowUSA.com, got to put the V on it. Uh, or you can go to YouTube, VRVShowUSA. Facebook, same thing, VRVShowUSA, and you can connect with okay, us. Okay, great. If you're interested. Or you can listen to us here on 930 AM, <laughs> The Answer. Too. Right, that's true. Okay, we're going to take a short break. If you recently moved to Texas from out of state, your current will, trust, and power of attorney may need to be reviewed and updated. Wills and powers of attorney are state-specific, so it might be a good idea to meet with a Texas attorney. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trust, and powers of attorney. They'll develop a strategy to tax-efficiently protect and preserve your assets, reduce family conflict, and maximize government benefits. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. I'm your host Todd Marquart, and we're here with Alan Warren, who is host of another radio show called The RV Show USA. That's it. And uh, he was just about to tell us how he made the transition from hunting and fishing to rvs i was uh as mentioned in the previous segment i was always an outdoorsy kind of a guy a kid growing up i loved being you know fishing and hunting and hiking and that kind of thing just being with people uh that that enjoyed the same thing when i was doing my outdoor show i was i worked with a lot of big companies and was blessed enough to be able to purchase a hunting ranch and i had a big hunting ranch in the hill country and something changed for me todd the my love for hunting had turned into, um, I had to be a promoter of products. Mm-hmm. I was like a walking uh, NASCAR uniform. I had to talk <laughs> right. about that rod and that reel and that boat and that motor. And I lost the joy, the joy of, of why I in, wanted to be outdoors anyway, because mm-hmm. I was always pitching a product. I was pretty good at it, but I lost the joy. But in my travels, I would go to campgrounds and RV resorts around the country, and everybody I met was so good. They were just wholesome. They didn't have e- they didn't have the egos. They weren't perfect, but they were just good people. And so that set with me for you know just planted a seed in my head. And as I was uh, getting burned out in the RV, not in the RV, the fishing and hunting industry, the RVs kept on coming to my mind. So I sold my hunting ranch back in twenty. 13, 2014, I did a 1031, and a friend of mine said, uh, you know, you're always talking about campgrounds. You ought to take some money and and, uh, and buy one. Mm-hmm. Okay. He said, I'm foreclosing on one up at Lake McCannon. Really? 
So anyway, I went up and, and we ended up buying it. Actually, we looked at a whole bunch of them. My wife didn't like any of them. I like all of them. I mm-hmm. look at something right. and I go, I can fix that thing. Mm-hmm. I can build one of them. But my wife doesn't like anything. She came up on over the hill at Big Chief, and she said, I love it. Are you okay? She said, I love it. <laughs> she said, okay. So we ended up buying it, and it was it's fabulous. It is work, but the people, we're not trying to shoot a big deer anymore. It's not about how many inches it is. It's not about how many pounds of fish weighs. It's about memories and connecting with people you love and i see families i'm a facilitator is what i am mm-hmm. we provide a nice campground beautiful swimming pool on the lake blah 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 but it's a place where people can come and and take their phone leave it right and spend this kind of time together time with each other yeah and uh and it's fun it's meaningful i think those simple things in life can uh, go a long ways awesome so besides camping at the campground, you also help people with questions about RVs specifically. What has been your observation about the RV industry since the pandemic began just a year ago? Well, first off, uh, RVing is more popular than it's ever been. I think that there's a cultural need, a desire inside of people to, to escape, to get away and uh, and connect with family members. And so RVing provides that escape. Well, then when you combine that with the pandemic, we can't, you know, we weren't able to go on cruises or right. go to theme parks or crowded sporting events. Uh, an RV has just become, it's more popular than ever before. When I first bought the campground, uh, I thought everybody was happy with their RV. I didn't know. You don't know what mm-hmm. you don't know. Mm-hmm. But the more people would come in and they and things would break and they, they just didn't hold up. And not mm-hmm. all of them, but too, I heard too many complaints. When I started the RV Show USA, I was, as I call it, Mr. Happy. Everything was great. But I started hearing these things and it was kind of like, well, it's not always great. So I started investigating. And I found out that there are uh, some really crappy RVs out there. There are. And there's some pretty good ones out there, but none of them are perfect. And people need education to know what they're buying because they think they're going to buy something like a GMC truck or a car. Right. The same, you know, my car doesn't have to, I don't have to take my car to the shop that often. Well, an RV's not that way. It's like a house on wheels. Right. Things break. They do. They're not made by uh, uh, robots. They're made by human beings. And human beings can make mistakes, and we do. But um, owning an RV is not as easy, maintenance-free, as owning a vehicle. So what I try and do on my show is help. I'm not trying to protect people, so to speak. I'm trying to embolden them with information. You as an RV owner, when you buy an RV, you have a responsibility. Most people don't realize it. Well, I'll take care of it. I'll learn it as I go along. And they do. And it is expensive. They don't read their warranty. They don't understand the mechanics of an RV. It's not hard. But... You know, you I'm of the sit age. down and read it. Well, you got to read it. You got to take your time. It's and and some of you know that that four letter word T I M E is not fun. It's not as fun as hey, let's go out and go water skiing or let's go play. It's, it's like your legal stuff. You know, it, it. If you really care about your family, if you really care about the future, you got to stop playing and communicate with somebody like you, right? And then you can go back to playing. But then it's done. 
And so maintaining your RV is sort of like that. You have to do your homework. You have to know what you what you need to know. What are just a few things that have to be done? Well, as an example, the, the, the most expensive thing that will happen to your RV if you don't take care of it is probably a water leak. Water leaks because every hole that goes through the roof of your RV with your air conditioning unit, your, your antennas, your vent fans, your all kinds of holes, little holes mm-hmm. on the top of your RV. They're supposed to be sealed. You know, well, they are sealed, except, you know, the sun, the UV rays, the sealant starts aging over time, mm-hmm. and it cracks, and a little tiny crack can let water in, and it will, but you don't know it because you're not up there looking at it. But by the time you realize it down underneath, mm-hmm. it's too late to fix. So getting up on top of your roof and inspecting your RV is an important thing that you need to do. But a lot of people go, well, I, don't, I don't need to do that. You know, We'll check it later. Yeah, do your will later, too, after you die. That ain't a good thing <laughs> right. either. So, uh, you know, there, there's just a, a, a – none of it's difficult, but all of it is important. Like a pilot will get out and walk around the plane before they right. you know, take off. you got to – a school bus driver, a good school bus driver, walk around the school bus. I mean, he's got valuable cargo inside. You've got your family inside. You're towing a travel trailer behind you. Check your tires. Check your air pressure. You know, look for anything out of the ordinary. Make sure your lights are working. It all It, it is all common sense. Unfortunately, it's not too common nowadays. How about when they first buy? What are some things that they need to learn before they go to the lot to buy something? RVing is a, a uh, it's wonderful. I love it, but it doesn't come without its cost, and its cost is a financial cost. And there's a learning curve. You don't even know what you don't know. You've got to get on YouTube, read books, watch videos, but don't just watch the ones that are fun. Hey, you know we're going to mm-hmm. go where we want, do what we want, build a campfire, and go down to the coast. No, you already know that. Go and look at the stuff that you that's kind of boring, the stuff that you're going to need to know maintenance-wise if you're going to be a happy camper because these, are, these uh, RV dealers are so busy now. I mean, they've got all the business they can handle. Their service department is full, and if you've got a minor little thing on your camper that's irritating to you, it could take you a month to get it fixed. It's not like going down to the Chevy dealer and right. having your car fixed this afternoon. It could take you a month, two months to get it fixed. So knowing something – Knowing how to fix things is important. So before you go in, you need to know the difference between RVs. There's two basic construction types. One is you see the metal, like corrugated tin on these RVs. And then you've got fiberglass sides, smooth-sided RVs. Mm -hmm. So the metal is called a stick and tin. It's got wood, it's got the tin siding, and it's got the uh, like the pink bat insulation inside. It's a stick and tin. Okay. Then you've got a fiberglass laminated. Now, they, they both have their pros and their cons, but the stick, stick and tin is a less expensive unit. It's usually for people that don't want to spend a whole lot of money or they're just mm-hmm. getting started. And, then, uh, and the construction is not as good as on most of the laminated RVs. But people don't know. They just go shopping and go, that's a cute one. And the salesman just signs them up. Right. It, they don't know what they don't know. And I'm, I'm sort of like the, <laughs> your dad going, son, be careful. Yeah, I'll, I'll be okay, dad. And I want to watch out for people and embolden them with information to make them a smarter buyer, a happier camper. 
And so if a dealer pushes back or says, well, we can't get that fixed, they're armed with enough knowledge where they can push the dealer back and, and be on somewhat mm-hmm. common ground. And So on your show, you do different episodes about different topics like buying and maintaining. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we do a, a, sometimes a caller of the week. Uh, there, there's, there's a balance. Human beings, I think that, that – uh, we sometimes don't want to accept the responsibilities that we have. And a lot of these RVers that are buying the first-time RVers with no mechanical skills, they don't know the first thing they do is they got a problem, they go to this, and they yeah. throw their hands up. Stop. you got to think. You know, think your way through the, the, the problem-solving. Um, I'm, I'm rambling on. I can't even remember what your question was, Todd. Okay. Well, we were just talking about uh – buying and maintaining and i was i was thinking that maybe you have episodes about all of that um they don't have to just start listening to your show from right now they could probably watch or listen to previous shows yeah yeah and our radio show is different from our live stream we do a live stream every wednesday starting at 7 p.m right in the studio next door and it broadcasts on facebook and simulcasts on youtube at the same time and then the radio show, uh, you know, we do the radio show and it broadcast here and then goes across Salem Radio Network mm-hmm. uh, to stations across the country. But, they can, you, you know, you can download the podcast. The radio show is a whole lot tighter than the uh, live stream is. Live stream, we kind of have a lot of fun and, and uh, sometimes give away prizes, things like that. Oh, okay. Interesting. So they can go to thervshowusa.com. Yep. To find all of that information. Okay, well, we're going to take another short break, and when we come back, uh, we'll start talking about the law. You got it. You're listening to 9.30 a.m. The Answer. I'm Todd Marquardt, host of Talk Law Radio, where we help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Today we have radio host Alan Warren. He's the host of The RV Show USA. It's the number one RV radio show in the nation. And Mr. Warren was just explaining some tips about buying and maintaining an RV. And now we're going to start talking about some legal landmines that uh, RVers face. So one of the things that is probably obvious, um, but I want to talk about it because it's important, like you said before, is uh, driving safely. Do you have to have a special license to drive one of these gigantic houses on wheels? No, not in Texas you don't. Uh, some states, I'm sure that you do, but <clears throat> safety is so important. You know, the, the towing, you got to know your pivot point. you got to know where, where you, uh, the tail swing. If you've got a, 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 a coach uh, motorhome, mm-hmm. that when you turn it, the back end can swing way out wide on you. And you but, you again, you don't know what you don't know. My suggestion is once you buy the RV, go to a church parking lot on a you know a weekday when it's not very crowded. Go to a uh, go to a great big parking lot. You can put out some little cones or make your own little obstacle course 
and learn to drive because it, it it's different than a pickup truck. Right. It, it is different from your car. The longer you got, the more different it is. So, uh, you know, practice, practice, practice. It, you're, you're carrying a lot of weight. Many people are under the assumption of, you know, the, all those cabinets in that RV, I can just fill them up. And, yes, you can, but you'll be overweight. And when you're overweight in your RV, it's not safe. You know, you can't stop as quickly. Uh, uh, the cabinets can literally fall off when you – Oh, wow. I mean, a lot of stuff can happen. If you don't know what your carrying capacity is, many I, – I got an email this morning. The guy said, I've got a F-150, and I'm only getting seven miles to the gallon. He told me what kind of RV he had. I'm like, you know, not only are you going to get seven miles to the gallon, you're going to get a new transmission soon mm-hmm. because you're burning your thing out. People don't match up their tow vehicle with the RV they're buying. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a lot of things to consider. None of it's difficult, but there are some things to to consider. Uh, talking about the law, you know, I'm, I'm no lawyer, but uh, – Warranties on RVs are really important to understand. Warranties, if you have a problem with your, your F-150, you can take it to, to any Ford dealer in the country, and they'll fix it just the same as the one you bought it from. Mm-hmm. Not that way with RVs. Technically, if you're a, a, a rockwood dealer, you're supposed to fix any rockwood that comes in around the country. Mm-hmm. Technically, and you will. You just won't take care of it as fast as you will with your own customers. That's the ugly truth. Oh, the truth and the ugly truth. Right. But you don't know that yet. You go, well, you know, I've got. I can just stop into any dealer around the country, and you'll find out. You might be there a while. (laughs) Well, and and that's the kind of thing that people don't want to know, but they need to know. They need to know it before they break down in New Mexico on the road, and the dealer goes, "Can't get to you for three weeks." You say, "Well, I got to be back at work on Monday," Mm -hmm. and that happens more than you know. I mean. It happens. Um, and so understanding your warranty, most of the time warranties are only a year long on an RV. Sometimes they're two years long. But there's fine print in them, just like in an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Many of them, if you live full-time, and a lot of people do live full-time in an RV now, that voids your warranty. Wow. But you didn't read the warranty, so you don't even know it. Yeah. So there's reading the paperwork. If you have a one-year warranty and you take your RV and it's in the shop for three months, guess what? You don't have you, – your time is running out. The mm-hmm. clock is running out on your warranty. Wow. That's so important because yeah. – You just don't know. Yeah, you might lose it. So that brings me to the next point. These are expensive vehicles, right? They I mean, can be. Where, what's the range of, of values that you've seen? I've seen them up to two million dollars, but the the typical person buys an RV, a new RV is probably twenty five to forty five thousand. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it just all depends, and that that that's the thing. Uh, RVers they come in all different sizes, shapes, and colors, and and uh, demographic backgrounds. Uh, you've got people that want to live in a van. You got people that want to live in a two million dollar Prevost uh, mm-hmm. motor coach. You got part timers, full timers. Families, retired people, all different kind of people, and you got all different RVs to fit, you know, each one. Right. So this is an asset that needs to be protected by maintaining it and understanding the warranty, driving safely, um, because uh, accidents can destroy this thing, you know, that was just bought. I, I saw an accident a few years ago on I-10 
I don't know what happened, you know, in between San Antonio and Bernie. They've been working on that for yeah. for forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was this RV and half of it was, you know, the side just got peeled off. Uh, I think that they had a concrete barrier somewhere around there and they just, you know, sideswiped it and it peeled it off just like a an old tin can. Um, so the, the accidents can be, you know, just property damage or it could be life-threatening. If you look at an RV, when you go to an RV show and you walk inside, you're like, wow, this is, this is like my house, only better. Well, that's superficial. It's super, like you said, it's like a tin can, and they mm-hmm. are. You can't have a home on wheels that's as sturdy as your house, as your house. You can't slam the door and close the drawers and, you know, it, it's... You can't have something that will be that strong, that heavy, because it'd be like a tank driving down the road or towing mm-hmm. it down the road. So, uh, you know, safety is so important. People don't realize how long it takes sometimes to stop, to slow down when you're, you know, got all that weight behind you. And, um, yeah, it's – they are I, – I witnessed a fire this last summer. Uh, so it's like – not near our campground, we're looking at, well, that smoke over there. Well, let's go over there and look at it. It was an RV, and I'm telling you, it was the first one I had ever seen live. I'd seen video mm-hmm, of them. Mm-hmm. You know, people ought to look up, you, you know, RV wrecks, crashes on YouTube. You want to see how, how fragile they can be? Right. It's scary. Anyway, this fire, it was just amazing. so impressive. I did a Facebook Live, and, I mean, it is going up. I'm thinking, oh, those poor people. But fire goes, you know. Safety is really important. Yeah, got to have Always. insurance yeah. too. So I I did find an article on the internet about uh, RV accidents. It's from RVShare.com, and uh, they they say that driving safely only takes you so far because other unexpected things can happen, like wind mm. and uh, tire blowout mechanical failures those can cause some accidents too um the there was this one accident where the motorhomes just driving along and happened to get in the middle of a police chase and got hit by a police car (laughs) you never know what's going to happen um one legal landmine that i found was uh, just like when you're buying a car, you can trade in your RV. Mm-hmm. And RVs depreciate just like cars, no, right? No, M- Much worse than cars. Okay. They are not a good investment. You're looking to make money, don't buy an RV. So it, it loses value over Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And if you want to trade it in, you might owe more on the the note then it's worth. Absolutely. Yep. Well, there's you have to be careful with who you're dealing with when you do the trade because if you don't get the lien holder's permission to do that, if it's not paid off within 30 days, it's a crime. You can get prosecuted uh, for doing that. So I just wanted to mention that that's a legal landmine. Make sure that you're dealing with a reputable person or dealer. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the sad reality is, at least in, in my view, is that people, you think you're buying an RV. The dealer's not selling you an RV most of the time. The dealer is selling you a payment, mm-hmm. a payment. 
when one of the future landmines I see in the RV industry is that people are becoming buried in their RV and they don't even know it, but they're going to find out. Manufacturers or dealers rather are, are financing an RV and lenders for fifteen and even twenty years. Oh and, wow! And the RV won't won't even live ten years, fifteen years, and you owe the money on it forever. Mm-hmm. And when it's not worth anything, when are you going to finally just throw up your hands and say, "Take it back"? And I see the, a financial disaster happening if people are too buried in their RV. Don't buy the payment because what what happens is. All too often, a dealer, you walk in, what do you want your payment to be? Right. $500 a month. All righty, we can do that. And they'll stretch you out forever. You don't know what's going to happen. Who who would have known 18 months ago that we'd be living the way we are today Right. with this pandemic thing happening? Think about how the economy can change. But a salesperson, I, I, I've sold things too. We want to sell. But there's a responsibility. I don't want to bury someone. And I see a lot of people that end up, you know, they've got a, an RV that's worth uh, $30,000. They owe fifty on it. They can't trade it. They right. can't sell it. They can't come up with a $20,000 deficit. And next year, the $30,000 RV is going to be worth twenty five. The deficit just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And they bury themselves. And I, I don't like to see it. It doesn't always happen. I tell people that my advice is you get no more than a seven-year note. You always put at least 15% down, and then you're not going to be upside down more than likely in your RV. That's great advice. Will you say that again? What did I say? Yeah. Seven-year yeah, note. Yeah, seven-year. Get, get a seven-year note, put 15% at least down, and pay the thing off. And then you're not going to be buried. In two years, you don't have to come. Yeah, are your payments higher? Yes. Does mm-hmm. that mean you may not be able to buy as much of an RV as you want? Yes, but you're living within your means. You're still having the opportunity to get out and connect with your family, see the country, and have a good time without being buried. Yeah, and if you're not worried about the financing, if you're not worried about the maintenance, if you do your research ahead of time, then you can enjoy your time more. If you recently moved to Texas from out of state, your current will, trust, and power of attorney may need to be reviewed and updated. Wills and powers of attorney are state-specific, so it might be a good idea to meet with a Texas attorney. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trust, and powers of attorney. They'll develop a strategy to tax-efficiently protect and preserve your assets, reduce family conflict, and maximize government benefits. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm your host, Todd Marquart, here with Alan Warren, host of TheRVShowUSA.com, also on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. We're talking about RVs, uh, how to buy them, how to maintain them, and what are the legal landmines that we need to avoid. Uh, We were just talking about the financing of an RV and how you can do better by uh, financing for a fewer number of years, uh, giving a bigger down payment, maybe making larger monthly payments so that you're not upside down on those loans. Um, another legal landmine that I ran into there was a, 
there's been some lawsuits about uh, fugitive gases. What that is is it's it's like the propane gas that that's you know fueling the stovetop in an RV and how sometimes there's a gas leak. Have you heard of any of those problems where a, an RV explodes from the inside out? Yes, but most of the time when, when there's a fire, it, it comes from uh, refrigerators, from the back of a refrigerator. Oh, really? That, that, that's what I've heard okay. that, that is not vented properly. You know, it's too close to a wall, and it's just not vented properly. So is that one that's already pre-installed or something that somebody adds later that they do incorrectly? They're, they're typically uh, installed by the factory. But see, the thing is about RVs is that that it's really a kit, kind of like you build a, a, a model kit. You get a refrigerator from this company, uh, an air conditioner from that one, your furniture from this other one, the, the electrical uh, components from another supplier. So all these parts, even though you've got different manufacturers, they there's only a handful of suppliers. They all buy from the same people. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a Norcold this or a, a Dometic toilet, um, and but it's in all the different RVs. Maybe not all of them, but almost all of them. And so, uh, you know, a couple of pieces of advice. If somebody doesn't have an RV, they're like, yeah, I'm interested in that. Number one, uh, most of the time, your first RV, you're not going to like it. You're going to take it out. You're going to go, ooh, I don't like the layout. Too big, it's, too you know, small. It's, it's, it's too something. You're just right. not going to like it. I suggest that you look at used first. If it's your first RV, look at used. You're not going to suffer the depreciation that somebody else suffered. You're probably going to want to get another RV anyway. After you use it for a year or two, you're going to be, man, I'm glad we didn't buy a new one. Then you can sell that one and then get you something. There's a saying, buy your second RV first. You know, The other thing right. is that you can rent them. You mentioned RV Share in the last mm-hmm. segment. RV Share, there's an outdoorsy uh, companies where you can literally rent an RV. I suggest to people, if you want to buy one, either you don't, and you don't know anything about camping, anything about RVing, mm-hmm. you may not even like it. Why go spend 30, 50 grand on something? You go, I don't even like this thing. So you can rent one or go to a campground. Drive around campgrounds on the weekend and find an RV that you kind of like and look at and go, you know, RVers are friendly. Go talk to them and say, this Mm -hmm. is a piece of junk. I'd never buy another one. Or, man, I love this one. Get feedback from actual users instead of just a salesperson. So do your homework. uh, Consider buying used. Consider renting an RV first Mm -hmm. because you may not like it. You may love it. But it will save you uh, the hassle of of uh, maybe making a, an expensive mistake. So let's talk about RV parks. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about the kind where you hook up and you, you start paying for electricity. Is that more of a, a long-term lease kind of thing where they're renting a lot if they're actually hooked up to the power, or can you do that even if you're going to be there for the weekend? It's You can do that if it's just for overnight or, you know, uh, an annual basis uh, we don't we don't call it uh, i don't not sure what we call it. there's a there's a term we call it an extended stay okay uh, our campground there's a lot of different campgrounds and and uh, our campground we don't have very many of the long-term extended stay people and mm-hmm. ours are always on look if we don't like you you're out if you don't like us you know we don't do long-term deals yeah. because you never know what's going to happen right 
So the, the, there are some Texas laws that that say if the RVer doesn't pay their electric bill, then the the campground or the the lot can turn off the power. So that's a little bit different from a rental house. Uh, the landlord can't cut off your utilities if you if you're in a rental house, but because I guess it's mobile and it's more short term, uh, there's the law is uh, on the landlord's favor when it comes to campgrounds. Yeah, well, I've never never had an never issue in seven and a half years. My, my deal, and I even have it in, in my papers, is that we can terminate your stay at any time for any reason and give you no money back ever. And mm-hmm. in seven and a half years, I've only kicked one person out. I've been, been close a few times, but if, as long as you're reasonably a decent human being and respect other people, I'm not going to kick you out. We'll figure things out. But if, if you're not going to pay your bills, if you're going to be a slob, you're going to be disrespectful, not pick up after your dog and be loud and fighting. And You've seen see, it all. See you later. But that's happened one time in seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. So when they pull up to the campground, uh, what are some things that you have to do to get hooked up? To power and to sewer and all that. Well, of course, you know it's like I said, it's a house on wheels. And if you want, uh, unless you're dry camping, dry camping is is essentially you've got everything contained. You don't hook up to anything. Okay. We call it shore power. So most RVs, <laughs> all RVs, have got a cord. You plug it into a pedestal, mm-hmm. and we call it shore power. And now you your electricity is hooked up. Uh, we've got water. You've got a, a freshwater connection. And then, mm-hmm. of course, you've got a place for your sewer to, ho- to uh, hook up, your sewer hose. And then you're connected. You've got to level the RV first, of course, and, and uh, you know, secure that, so to speak. But it's not hard. It may take 20, 30 minutes. Okay. Have you ever met somebody who drove it from the lot to your campground and had no idea what to do? All the time. <laughs> All the time. Um, we, we have a, a, a RV mobile technician, a guy that's been to you know training school, and he's he lives there. And about half the people that call up, they say, my, my whatchamacallit doesn't work, or I can't mm-hmm. get the hot water, or it takes him about two minutes to fix it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so basic. It's people buy their RV, and instead of reading the manual, I call it uh, driveway camping, or try to camp as close as you can to your house, mm-hmm. because you don't want to go to Yellowstone on your first camping trip. You don't even know how the dang thing works. Right. You don't know how to tow it. You don't know how to how to load it. You don't know how to balance your. You don't know anything. So, driveway camp if you can, or camp at a near nearby campground so you can. I got this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we can go a little bit further. Go a little bit further. We get people all the time that are newbies that have no idea. They're nice. They're not stupid. They just don't know. Yeah. So that would be a good tip to read the manual before you leave the driveway. Yeah. I know it sounds like <laughs> no kidding, but you'd be surprised. Because it's, it's so expensive and, and I'm sure so frustrating for people that you know can't fix what they need and can't get hooked up or can't can't get on the road again there is a a sense of pride that comes from saying i did that i fixed that Mm -hmm. myself you know when i was a boy i had to fix my own car if i want to get to school i got to better learn how to fix the carburetor Mm -hmm. you know points and plugs and all that kind of stuff it's not you can't work on cars today because they're so complex with fuel injection and computers all 
most uh, RVs you can work on, and they're not difficult. And it does give you a sense of pride, and it's kind of like a hobby. If you have a Harley, a Harley-Davidson, it's not just a motorcycle. It's a Harley. Your RV is your RV. It's a, it's a hobby, and the more you connect with it, the happier camper you're going to be and probably the better dad you're going to be and grandpa when you take your family out because you're going to be more knowledgeable right. instead of frustrated. Yeah, you don't want to be overwhelmed with doing all the work when you're supposed to be enjoying your family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I see a lot of people that, 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 that will go and they'll take their whole family, four kids and mom and the dog, on their very first camping trip and they don't even know how the RV works. And all they do is argue. Well, that's not the way to have a, mm-hmm. a nice weekend. Yeah. So. Well, you run into that when you're just driving across the country and, and you need somebody's help to change the tire and you can't get the, the lug nuts off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is a whole higher level of that. I asked a, an industry uh, friend of mine the other day, I said, what's the, what's the biggest mistake most RV um, – RV owners make after they buy it. He says, not listening to their wife when they're back in the RV in. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a T-shirt that says, love is, what is it? Love is being able to survive backing up a trailer or something. You've yeah. Been, you know, no, you're going to hit the tree. and it's, It can be stressful, but it's a lot of fun. The, the good far outweighs the bad, I'll tell you that. Okay, so we've got just a couple of minutes left, and uh, because Marquardt Law Firm sponsors the show and – we focus on last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. We like to talk to our guests about legacy. And you mentioned uh, the legacy that, that you received from your, your mentor and your hero. What kind of uh, memory or legacy would you like to leave either to uh, the community or your family? Uh, what would your legacy story be? I don't really know, Todd. I wish I could say, you know, here's my story, but my my story is my life as it unfolds. Uh, I would have never thought that I would be at 65 years old where I am right now. You know, I, I, 10 years ago, if you told me I, this was, I'd say, no, I wouldn't. Um, I want to try to uh, do the right thing. I want to help people. I want to give more than I take. I want to try to listen more than I talk, which is not easy. Especially for a guy on the radio. Yeah, I know. I just asked my wife. But um, I, I think that that uh, our culture, our world, our nation needs us to come together. And it starts not out there. It starts in here with our family and our children and mm-hmm. our neighbor next door. We don't even know who our neighbors are next door. You go to a campground, you're going to know your neighbors and their neighbors and how many kids they got. We don't even know who our neighbors are in our neighborhoods. So – I don't know. I just want to be a better me and try to connect with with human beings, not millions of them, just a handful of people that I can touch mm-hmm. in a positive way. And that's, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I know it's not very compelling, but it's it is honest. No, it is honest and authentic, and I I think that your listeners see that. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I, as I said, I think that you do you what you do is a thankless job. I mean, I. What, Maybe that's the wrong way to say it. What you do is so important, but people don't want to do it. Like I said at the beginning, going to the dentist. I don't want to go to the dentist, but I know I need to go. I need to get my will in order. I need to get my paperwork, my life in order. Because one day I'm not going to be here. And then it's too late. And most people don't 
They're not proactive. They're reactive. Then they leave their family in a you-know-what mess, and it's it's awful. So I, I commend you for what you do, and I wish there was <laughs> more, more people like you could motivate more people that need it. Yeah. Thanks again. Thank you, Todd.